Thank you for joining us today. For more information about our service times, visit okoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram at okoegt. Now let's prepare our hearts as we go into the message. How many is ready for the Word of God? As you can tell, we're starting a new three-week sermon series on the book of uh, Proverbs. A proverb a day. Turn with me in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1. As we're going to set the foundation for this series. Something to understand about the book of Proverbs. Wisdom, the word wisdom is perspective personified within many of the chapters, and wisdom is mentioned time and time again. And wisdom, as we think, it is the attainment of knowledge, the ability to decipher and things like that. It is all those things, but more. In the book of Proverbs, the very foundation of wisdom is the knowledge of God. God's at the very foundation of wisdom. So every time you hear this word wisdom in the context of Proverbs in the setting of our series, you understand it's a foregone conclusion that God is at the center of it all. Proverbs 1 verses 1 through 7 gives us the foundation of the book of Proverbs. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. How many want to live a successful life? Discipline and success go together. Notice that discipline and success go together to help them do what is right, just, and fair. To do righteousness to live in justice and equity with all. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Verse 7, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. It is in these verses that the purpose of the book of Proverbs is explained to teach wisdom and discipline, to help one have understanding, to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. To help them do what is right, what is just and fair. And we are to listen to these Proverbs. We are to explore the meaning of these Proverbs, these parables, and these riddles. Now, the book of Proverbs is largely a collection of separate, isolated, self-contained observations on reality which tell us how best to cope. They often stand alone and do not flow together. So you cannot read the book of Proverbs like you read uh, one of the Pauline epistles. 
They are simple illustrations which expose and expound upon fundamental realities of life. They are a lot like many of our English proverbs. Let's see what you know. Don't throw out the baby with the... A penny saved is a... You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him... These are profound statements with a greater meaning as you ponder them, as you look at them. Now, the old saying is this, an apple a day keeps the... So may it be a proverb a day keeps the devil away. Look at your neighbor and say, shoo the devil away. No, you're not calling your neighbor the devil. Come on. Notice in your notes, the first thing we want to talk about is what are you storing in your heart? What a great question for each of us to ponder. What are you storing in your heart? Turn with me to our main passage, to Proverbs chapter 3. We want to look at verses 1 through 10. And contained within these verses are probably two of the most famous verses of Proverbs that all of us are aware. But it begins with a question, what are you storing in your heart? Verse 1, my son, never forget the things I have told you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Get that picture. Your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people. And you will earn a good reputation. So in these verses, there is the image of a father espounding wisdom to his son. It's a father-son relationship. It's the teacher and the student. And Solomon writes, never forget the things I have taught you. Now let me ask a rhetorical question. How does one not forget the lessons of the father and son relationship, of the mother-daughter relationship? You don't forget these things by storing them the commands, the instructions in one's heart. You think about them. You, you ponder on them. There are many things that my father, who has now gone on to glory, that he has taught me that I have hidden in my heart and I think about often. What are some of the things your parents taught you that you stored in your heart that you never forgot? the things that impacted you. Then I asked the, the, the first service this question, what are things we're teaching to our sons and daughters to the next generation that they can store in their heart that when we go to our glory, they'll remember? Are we passing something worth keeping in one's heart? It's important that we pass on to the next generation important things, things that will help them, things that will lead to success in their life. 
Now, apply this to our Heavenly Father. How are we to respond to his word? By storing his word in our heart. How do you store God's word in your heart? You do so by meditating on God's word. You do so by committing his word to memory. Warren Wearsby writes this, it isn't enough for believers to carry the Bible in their hands. They must let the Holy Spirit write it on their hearts. Oh, I like that. It's not enough just to carry the Bible in your hand. Uh, you got to let the Holy Spirit write the commands of the Lord upon your hearts. It's not just enough to have the show. You got to have the reality of the substance. And how you have the reality of the substance is you hide his word within your hearts. Obedience to the word can add years to your life and life to your years. And that's most important. Life to your years. Write this. Your life will be satisfying. Write the word satisfying. That Hebrew word means peace, well-being. The actual word is shalom. It speaks of prosperity, but not, but not always money, but a prosperity of well-being, a state of healthiness. See, Solomon is passing on to his son, Keep the commands that I have given you. If you want to have well-being in your life, then store these commands in your heart. Church, if we want well-being in our soul, healthiness, body, soul, and spirit, then we have to learn to store God's commands in our hearts. Now, all of us want favor, right? All of us need favor, Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Write that word, never. See, life is better when you have favor. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you, for then you will find favor both with God and man. Kindness and loyalty, you must tie them around your neck, meaning keep it close. Make it be a parent of your life. It's something that is seen, but also something that is experienced by others. When you see one wearing a necklace, especially a necklace with a cross on it, there are automatically some assumptions you make. You know the meaning of the cross. You know the meaning of that. So you understand that that is tied around their neck and that the cross is something Precious to them, something significant to them. Solomon says, tie kindness and loyalty around your neck. Make it precious to your life. Make it precious to your heart. Make it a part of your being. For in so doing, you'll find favor with God. And that favor with God will translate to favor with man, favor with others. And by it, you will earn a good reputation. See, a good name is to be treasured. A good name is to be aspired to, to be sought after and cherished. A good name is to be guarded and protected. Faithfulness toward God translates to faithfulness to other relationships. 
Faithfulness toward God translates to faithfulness in other relationships. You want to walk in favor? Absolutely. Tie loyalty and faithfulness to your neck. Keep it close to your heart. Keep it close. Make it a part of how you live, how you treat one another, how you deal with others in society. Allow me to read verse 3 and 4 out of the message translation, which is a paraphrase. Don't lose your grip on love and loyalty. Tie them around your neck. Carve their initials on your heart. Earn a reputation for living well in God's eyes and the eyes of people. Earn a reputation for living well. The next part of wisdom we're going to talk about. Solomon is speaking concerning how do you determine the right path? Write that word, determine. How do you determine which path to take? How do you determine what is the right path? What is the right decision? There are crossroads in our life every day. Again, the analogy is a father speaking to his son, a teacher talking to his student. And the word says, and this is probably the most popular verses of Proverbs, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. He will direct your steps. It all begins with trust in the Lord. Kilan DeLitch, Old Testament theologians, write this. From God alone comes true prosperity, true help. He knows the right way to the right ends. He knows what benefits us. He is able to free us from that which does us harm. Therefore, it's our duty and our safety to place our confidence wholly in him and to trust not in our own judgment. Now, notice the qualifying phrase. He says, trust in the Lord. And then he tells you how to trust in the Lord. He says, with all your heart. Trust God entirely. God demands our undivided commitment to himself. Too often, Israel had a loyalty divided between the Lord and the false gods of the nations. You and I can be tempted to trust the wisdom of the world rather than rely upon divine revelation. And the psalmist says, I hate those who are of a double mind. Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. And then Jesus taught this, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. To trust in the Lord with your whole heart. One of the meanings of that Hebrew word, that shadow meaning, is, is this, to lean upon him, to totally lean upon him to hold you up. The word translated trust can also mean to lie helpless, to lie face down. 
It pictures a, a servant waiting for the master's command in readiness to obey. Or a defeated soldier yielding himself to the conquering general. So a couple of questions are, are we waiting for the master's command? Are we ready for the master to speak? And do we have a readiness to obey? Have we allowed the spirit of God to conquer the spirit of flesh within us? It's important in order for you to conquer, you must first be conquered. In order for you to conquer, you must first be conquered by the spirit of the living God. You must first throw your total trust and commitment to the Lord himself. You must lean upon him. That is, if he doesn't come through, then you will fall and dash your foot upon the stone. But hear me, God is faithful. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you, but he will help you. He will be there in your time of need. God is faithful to his promises. Do not depend upon your own understanding. The old English, don't lean upon your own understanding. What are you leaning on? Are you leaning on God? Or are we leaning on our own understanding? Write this under B, seeking his will. See, trust has to move to seeking. True trust is not just passive in orientation, it is active. It is seeking his will, seeking his way, seeking his path, seeking what he desires for you. Amen. This is a father talking to his son. Son, you want to live a satisfying life? You want to live a life that is fulfilled? You want to live a life that is full of reward? Then hide the word within your heart. Hide it. Tie, tie loyalty and, and kindness around your neck. Don't just do it for show, but write it upon the tablets of your heart. Trust. Trust in the Lord. With all of your heart. Don't lean upon your own understanding. There are times when things in the natural don't seem to add up. Things in the spiritual realm don't seem to make sense. But you trust him anyhow. You trust his way. You trust knowing that he will cause all things to work together for good to them that love God are the called according to his purpose. You may not understand it at this moment. You may not see it at this moment. But have you ever gotten to the other side and you look back and said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because you were there even when I didn't realize it. You gave me strength when I was weak. You gave me wisdom when I didn't have it. God, you directed my steps. I felt like I was all alone, but Lord, I was not there. You were always there with me. That's the goodness of God. That's a life that is satisfying. That's a life that is well-being. Filled with the good things of the Lord. Seek his will, and then we have the blessing. He will direct your path. So how do we determine the right path? By trusting in the Lord with all of our heart. 
by leaning not upon our own understanding, but by seeking his will. Allow me to read verse 5 and 6 in the message. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. And somebody needs to hear that today. Quit trying to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Listen for God's voice in everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. A.W. Tozier, that great writer of the past, says the Lord is always speaking, but we have trained our ears not to hear. Listen for the voice of God. God is speaking even at this moment. God is speaking through the situations you are facing. God is speaking through that storm, through that trial, through that challenge. Listen to his voice. Trust him. He will show you the right path. Which brings us to what impresses you? Write that word, impresses. What impresses you? Again, the analogy of the father and the son. Father saying to the son, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Hmm. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. What impresses you? Your own wisdom, question mark? Let me state this. Your life is too small if you're impressed with yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, that was good. Your life is too small if all that impresses you is yourself. Romans 12, verse 16, listen to the Apostle Paul. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary, everyday folk. Don't think you know it all. Now, the analogy is a father talking to his son. Son, don't be impressed with your own knowledge, your own wisdom. Don't think you know it all. Instead, do these two things. Fear the Lord. The psalmist said this in Psalm 34, verse 9. Fear the Lord, you his godly people. For those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. How many can testify the Lord's been good? How many can testify God's provided? How many can testify that God's brought you through? How many can testify you've been young and you've been old, but now you've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread? Why? Because God is faithful. He is good. And the father speaking to his son says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. To fear God 
is to turn away from a life of wrong. Job 28, verse 28, this is what he says to all humanity. The fear of the Lord is true wisdom. To forsake evil is real understanding. You want real wisdom, real understanding? Then forsake evil, the wrong path. The results, the results of fearing the Lord and turning away from wrong is healing for your body and strength for your bones. It's a, it's a picture of spiritual health, of life and vitality, of joy and peace. It's a picture of wholeness. It's a picture of healthiness. And church, if there's ever been a time we need healthiness in society, healthiness in our homes, healthiness within ourselves it is now don't be impressed with your own wisdom fear the Lord and turn away from wrong which brings us to the final thing the true test of trust write that word test Every iron, every piece of steel is tested for strength. Life is a test. You walk through tests every day. They come disguised as challenges, sometimes even as successes. How many know success can be a test? How do you deal with it? The true test of trust. Listen to the father speaking to his son. Honor the Lord with your wealth with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grains and your vats will overflow with good wine. Solomon states how we are to honor the Lord. In the Old English, it uses the word first fruits. The best part of everything we produce He's talking about living a life of generosity toward the Lord. The first fruits were presented by every Israelite to the priest in token of gratitude and humble thankfulness to God. It consisted of, of the produce of the land in its natural state, the grain, the harvest, they'd bring it. The festival of weeks, they would come and bring the first fruit of their harvest to the Lord. And it carried the idea of giving God the best. It was a gratitude. Lord, you provided the harvest. You've given everything to us. And Lord, we're giving back to you the first part, the best part. Not only was it thankfulness, but it was also trust, saying, Lord, not only are we thankful, but we're trusting you for the next harvest. We're trusting you for the seed in the future. We're trusting you for tomorrow. We're trusting you for what is to come. And church, when you put God first in everything you do, you're saying, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for where you brought me from. I thank you for the sacrifices you made. I thank you for redeeming my life, for saving my soul. But Lord, I also bring my tithe. I bring my first fruit to you, declaring I'm believing you for the harvest is yet to come. I'm believing you for my family. I'm believing you for my children and grandchildren. I'm believing you, God, that you're going to help me, make me the head and not the tail above and not beneath. 
not only are we declaring thankfulness, but we're also speaking faith to the Lord. Say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you with my future. Haggai 2.8 says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord. It belongs to him. And this concept of first fruit in the Israelite family was this. Lord, the harvest is yours. It belongs to you. All of it belongs to you, but you've blessed me. So I'm bringing my first fruit, the best. The father is saying to his son, don't give God your leftovers. Give God your first. Give God your best. The best of everything you have. The best part of your day. The best part of yourself. The best part of your riches. It's a test. Are we going to serve mammon or are we going to serve God? Are we going to serve mammon or are we going to serve the Father? Listen to what God says. God says, bring it to me. Give me the best. Give me the first fruit. I'll take care of the rest. 23 years ago when we came to, to Glad Tidings, we were able to institute some things that we felt were core to who we were going to be as a church. And from that very beginning, we have always brought our offering to the front. Now, you may see it just as a part of the service, but it's significant. We're not receiving, we're bringing. We're bringing the first fruit, the best of what we have to God every week. The first day of the week is not Monday. The first day of the week is Sunday. By you being in the house of God, by you worshiping via live stream, what you're declaring to the Lord is, Lord, I'm giving you the first part of the week. I'm giving you the best. I'm giving you the first of everything. I'm showing up. I'm giving you my best praise. Because I'm thanking you for you brought me through the last week. And Lord, I'm believing you're going to bless me in this week. You're going to direct my step. You're going to take care of me. The blessings will flow. The barns will be filled. And everything else is going to fall into place. Fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Not just anything, but the good stuff. God only saves the good stuff to give to you. Because you're precious to him. Because you're the apple of his eye. How could we not give him the best part of ourselves? Church, he's blessed you. He's kept you. You're giving him things. But you're also declaring by your giving, your heart of generosity. Lord, I believe you for the provision. I believe you for the harvest. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be greater. It's going to be more effective. And my life is going to be filled with good things. Musicians begin to make your way. The father talking to the son. What are you storing in your heart? 
Store the commands, the word, in your heart. How do you determine the right path? Son, you trust the Lord with all your heart. You don't rely on your own understanding. Get prostrated before the Lord in dependence upon him. Seek his face and direction will come. What impresses you? Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. What impresses you? Fear God. Turn from evil. You'll have healing for your body and strength for your bones. You'll discover the good life. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. And son, the true test of faith, the true test of trust, is the Lord getting your best or what remains? Is he Lord over your finances or are you serving the spirit of mammon? Honor the Lord with your first fruits. Bring the best of everything to the Lord. And then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow. It's a sign of abundance. It's a sign of running over. It's a sign the best is yet to come. God is developing a heart of generosity within you so that you can be a blessing to others and you can see the heart of the Father toward his people. A heart of generosity. This is wisdom to live by. This is wisdom for the Lord to work and move in you. This is the wisdom for God to do something in you. Hide his word within you. Trust the Lord in every situation. Fear God. Turn from evil. Give generously to him. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your goodness and mercy. I thank you, God. I thank you, God, because you give us wisdom to live by. Now, Lord, I pray. I pray, God, that we would, we would respond Respond to your word. Respond to this wisdom by acknowledging you in all of our ways. Father, forgive us for those moments when we failed to hide your word, your command within our hearts. God, show us areas where we've not tied kindness and loyalty and faithfulness around our neck. Lord, help us to trust you in every situation, every circumstance, to trust you, Lord, even when we lack understanding. For, Lord, you're going to work it all out. You're going to direct our path. Lord, I pray, I pray, God, that we won't rely upon our own wisdom. We won't be impressed with the things that we know. But, Lord, we'll fear you above all and we'll turn away from wrong. And, Lord, we'll live generously toward you, toward your kingdom and toward others. And the favor of God will be upon us. Oh, Lord, speak today and challenge us.